This is Couch Critics Canada. CCC. See. That's the intro. Love it. <laughs> we need to get some kind of like feature presentation music with it. It's like, you know how it's like um, TriStar and just like, um, yeah, but 20th da, century <laughs> We're definitely not getting sued. Definitely not getting Coach Critics Canada. <laughs> Why buy your podcasts anywhere else? Yeah, man. <laughs> right off the top of my head, it, it cannot Nobody be. <laughs> there's, it's so different in tone that you and and pitch. That we can't get sued. <laughs> Nobody beats Couch Critics Canada. Sweet country Canada. Why buy a mattress anywhere else? Definitely just steal that for the brick. Oh, man. No, buddy. Oh, man, that would be great if we got big everywhere but Canada and we just didn't get sued for it and no one outside of here understood the reference. The number no, one Couch Critic Canada. <laughs> couch Critic Zimbabwe. <laughs> so this week, I am Tim, as always, and I am joined by Brian. Say hi, Brian. Hello, everybody. And Chalupa. Heyo. What are we talking about this week, boys? Fun fact. The Coen brothers are topic of discussion. Ooh. They do not storyboard a, a movie. When they write something, they don't storyboard it and then come up with everything. They don't they don't Holy go shit. beginning. They don't go, hey, what's the beginning? What's the end? And work and figure it out and come up with key plot points and then write them between. They start sounds- a story and write it all the way through like just as it goes so they don't know how it's gonna end when they start it which is kind of crazy it's not very traditional it's very very it it made me appreciate them that much more but it also made me realize why some of their endings really kind of suck i was about to say (laughs) i was holding back a little bit tired Yeah, yeah you can tell that they fart out an ending and they're like well you know like maybe it'll seem pointed Maybe maybe I'm just going to give this guy a dream and people will imply some kind of significance to this and I can just get out of this fucking movie. We did a great job up until now. It's over. Don't worry about it. They, they, the dude they abides. Copied, it's uh, fine. They copied uh, Forrest Gump. And like, I'm, I'm going to go home now. I'm kind of tired. <laughs> and the Coen brothers are like, all right, sweet. Done. I hope Jenny did not give me the AIDS. Uh, he doesn't give a shit. <laughs> He's got the money, don't you know? That's how Magic Johnson is still alive. Woohoo! Oh, man. So, yeah, uh, episode today, we are covering the Coen brothers. Um, Tim made a, a fun little slight uh, before we started recording about how we've kind of kept a theme with uh, with brothers or family members somehow in Hollywood. 
And they actually have a sister as well who had a few different cameo appearances, apparently. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I'm just wondering if, like, uh, is Hollywood more incestuous? Like, is that something we'll discover as we continue to go through this? Like, it, like James' first question, so are they fucking each other? <laughs> I, I meant They're the fucking royal other, right? incestuous. Totally. Where it's... <laughs> I, will, I will argue the Coen brothers are the best writing brothers of all the brothers in Hollywood. That I would argue better than the Russos, better mm-hmm. than uh, better than the Fairley brothers. Ooh, well, obviously that's a different genre entirely. Like they're famous for their comedies, man. They have. I would. Yeah. I would say that they have better comedies than the Coen brothers. Ooh, ooh, here we go. Give me a couple Fairley brothers. Me, myself, and Irene. Hmm. Doesn't think about something about Mary's great. Yeah. Yeah. Something about what Mary. was the one with the Ferris Brothers recently? Didn't they write the Green Book? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't mind the Green Book. I thought that was pretty good. Green Book wasn't that. wasn't bad. I thought the Green Book definitely shouldn't have been uh, shouldn't have been the Oscar contender that it was. I think it was uh, overrated from that standpoint. Contender, yeah, but like it, it should have been nominated, but definitely not like. You know, one of the favorites. It's like, yeah. yeah, we'll just, you know, Viggo Mortensen, really good acting job of Viggo Mortensen. But besides that, eh. What, what is the criteria that we'd be judging on? Like, if we're going to, are we talking like all of the pros and the cons? You put your shallow house versus your something about Mary. And in that math, like that gets taken down a peg because you did something that bad. Are you talking just cultural impact? Or are you saying like. Just... I would just say to the to the viewer for the funniest movie, like obviously for the average viewer, not the average viewer, pardon me, um, for different viewers, they're going to find certain movies funny or, you know, Fargo is funnier than all of those put together. <laughs> oh, I don't I wouldn't say it's funnier <laughs> than those ones. I would say oh, it Brother, is... that was their best comedy. <clears throat> if you're talking just the best writing uh, duo, like family duo, then I think you have to, I don't know. Like the the weight of the movies that they've done might outshine them, even though they got a couple of gems in there. Yeah, overall, overall, uh, it'll, overall, I think they're the best writing and directing brothers and editing, apparently. <laughs> uh, which another fun fact: they edit all their films still, but they don't. They edit under a pseudonym. Oh shit! Oh, because. They don't like to see their name in the credits like a million different times. So they edit under a pseudonym and haven't even been nominated under that pseudonym for <laughs> Academy Awards. <laughs> oh, shit. So Roderick James is the brother's editing pseudonym. <clears throat> they were nominated for Best Editing Oscars twice under that name <laughs> for Fargo and for No Country for Old Men. It's a very interesting, fun fact. I'm going to pepper these in. going to throw them in. I saw as, something uh, on Wikipedia that one of the brothers uh, met Sam Raimi when he was editing Evil Dead at like the very start of their career, which is like a cool uh, starting the off The only point. good Sam Raimi movie <laughs> is that trilogy. <laughs> like, oh my God. Spider-Man, like he has his own little cameo. And the best thing that, Sam, that came from Sam Raimi is Bruce Campbell. Yeah, he is a gift. 
Sam Raimi is way overrated, in my opinion. Wow, shots fired. Oh, God. Add this to the beatdown. <laughs> or SmackDown. Uh, yeah, don't don't sue us. <laughs> we'll we'll come up with a better name. I'm yeah. trying to look up. I'm trying to look up other like brother writing duos and stuff. Well, I said but, the uh, Wachowski sisters, which I guess Matrix, but I, I'm at a loss to say anything else that they've they've worked on together. But you put all three well, of those movies together, and like that's notable. Like, and are we talking like just brothers? Or are we talking about like family members? Like with that? Oh my God, the Coppolas, Ooh. brothers, brothers. Ooh. <laughs> I don't give a shit about Sofia Coppola. <laughs> <laughs> you could fucking. <laughs> I won't finish that sentence. Anyway, so yeah, we are talking about the Cohen brothers. What's up? I remember my first Cohen brothers experience watching. Oh, Brother, Where Art Thou? That was my very first Coen Brothers movie, and that opened the doors to other shows. So I loved Oh, Brother, Where Art Thou right the first time I saw it. Um, I loved the score, the soundtrack, all that kind of stuff, and it just opened everything else up to me. And I watched Fargo, I think, at the age of 15, and I was like, what the fuck is this? It just, it was <laughs> It was so dry and cold and quiet and slow and, and really creepy. Fun. Really, really creepy. Like I remember the one image in my head that was most surprising. Brian, take a guess. Oh, I, I don't know, man. Wood chipper. Usually, so I, I bring that up to people, and they would always say like the the wood chipper scene, and I'm like, no, not that one. It's actually when they have the wife with the hood over her head, and she's trying to run away to escape. That really bothered me, and really creeped me out. But you know, like it. Huh. And then I watched it a few years later. And I was like, "Oh my god, this is a masterpiece!" And I and I like I compared it to when I first listened to Led Zeppelin for the first few times, and I was like twelve, and I'm like, "This is shit." And then when I was like sixteen, seventeen, I'm like, "This is the greatest band of all time!" I even got a tattoo. <laughs> so, I uh, yeah yeah, I, uh... it, it, and then from there, like I just watched a bunch of Coen Brothers movies, and I have to admit, I'm I can't say I've seen a lot of them, but. Many of them I do know and I do really enjoy. I remember when I think about scenes from Fargo, when I first watched it, Fargo was the first movie of theirs that I saw and I was way too young to be watching. I was like 10 years old. Mm -hmm. And I remember being grossed out by the, I think it's the morning when she's having morning sickness. And, uh, and, like you That's just, what's got the you? sound yeah the sound of her the sound of her puking really got me out so why. how did that work with you like having a wife that was pregnant <laughs> oh at that time by then it was fine because you know, <laughs> I, I got i got prepared for it through fargo but i remember when i was 10 i just like that bothered me uh which is also really weird maybe weirder than yours <laughs> um but yeah I remember watching Fargo with my brother and uncle, and it was the wood chipper scene, of course, and I laughed because it, like, it, I don't know, I always saw it as like a dark comedy, and it was just so awkward and horrific. I was like, "What the fuck is happening?" And like, I think that was the birth of some of my dark comedy, like just insane. <laughs> Everyone's like, like, "We're gonna watch Tim from a room now with one window." <laughs> I don't know. It was just so absurd and like ever seen anything like that but, yeah it's fair which 
I again I haven't seen many Coen brothers either, but like the the ideas and the details that they put in there are just offbeat a little bit, which makes it for a very unique viewing experience. Like it's very little recycled from other movies. They have very little. It's like a, maybe like two, three movies off the top of my head. I can think that take place in big cities as well. And for the most part, all their movies take place in smaller, more remote towns. Very rural. Yeah. Very rural. And I, I appreciate that as well because uh, you'd almost think that like eventually like you do that a lot and things start to blend, but not at all. Not at all. A lot of very strong movies here. So we can maybe start with uh, we can start with movies that we uh, you know, Aaron, you mentioned Oh Brother Where Art Thou. Is that your favorite Coen Brothers movie? Just for like, <laughs> I, yeah, I would say all around, like everything all together, the writing. And this is another thing, too, is, you know, like we'll get into it probably a little bit later as we go a, a, a deeper dive, like movie to movie as we go through their um, the movies they've created. But uh, it's based off of the Iliad, Homer's Odyssey. Which is a, like I'm. I really do like my Greek mythology, and I thought that was so cool, like how they adapted it to, you know, America in the South and during the Great Depression, and they were able to translate it so well. And actually, what was funny is that they first got the idea for it by trying to make it a Wizard of Oz theme, but for the mm. South, and that was their initial idea. But then they just turned it into like the Odyssey, which is so cool. And there's like if if you know the story you can pick out each spot here and there. It's like, oh, that's where they got that. Oh, that's where they got that. Oh, that's where they got that. That's the comparison. That's the foil, right? Um, I never understood I the siren cool. scene. That always confused me partway through the movie when they stumble across the witches in the in the river who sing The them. muses, yeah. <laughs> How to do, ladies? Name of Pete. Go to sleep, you little babe. Everybody's gone in the cotton and the corn. Didn't leave nobody but the baby. Ain't you gonna introduce it, Pete? I don't know their names. I've seen them first. You're a sweet little baby. Honey and the rock and the sugar don't stop. Gonna bring a bottle to the baby. Don't you weep, pretty babe. Don't you weep, pretty babe. She's long gone with the red shoes on. Gonna need another loving babe. Go to sleep, little babe. My name is Ulysses Everett McGill. And Go to sleep, little babe. Well, you three young ladies are about the... That makes sense to me because that was so out of place. I didn't. Really yeah, get no, that's that that what it is. They're driving and they all hear it and they, they get, you know, blind women and songed and then uh, one turns into a toad, which blends into when they were on, oh, what was the one island called? And she could turn people into to animals um, in, in the Odyssey, pardon me. And 
yeah, yeah, like it all kind of blends in. Like John Goodman, he's the Cyclops. Um, you know, they have the beards when they're doing uh, Man of Constant Sorrow when they sneak into the thing. That's uh, Ulysses when he or Odysseus when they're when he's sneaking back into Ithaca, and he has to dress up as a he disguise himself as an old man with the power of a, with the assistance, pardon me, from Athena, um, and he is all covered in a beard and everything like that, and then he shows up and fools everyone and proves his worth and all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, no, it, it's, it's very cool with all those, there's so much more to it, obviously, but I'll let the, the viewers get into it. But the, the soundtrack is fantastic. I really got into bluegrass, um, in my, in my teens and my early twenties and everything. So, um, uh, yeah, for me, like the, the acting great, great, like from George Clooney to John Turturro to, ugh, I always mix up the, the hyphenated names here. It's, it's Blake Nelson. What is it? He's also in Buster Scruggs. Oh. Toe, I want to say Toe Blake just because of hockey, but I know it's not Toe Blake. <laughs> it's um, uh, Tim, Tim Blake Tim Nelson. Blake. Tim Blake yes. Nelson. Yes. Yeah. He, he really, really Tim came Blake. out to his own like, yeah. as an older actor. I remember him in 101 mm -hmm. Dalmatians, uh, the real life one, which is just. Um, but yeah, like him in that movie is great. Um Holly Howard, who's also in um, Raising Arizona. And that's another thing I love about like these kind of directors, like Scorsese, Spielberg, um, uh, Coen Brothers, is that they use certain actors over and over again. And it's just like, wow, they, they use them again, and they're just perfect for that role, and it's just great. So Yeah, I'm uh, a big I'll, fan I'll of Holly Hunter. I'll shut up now. No, I agree, though. I'm a big fan of Holly Hunter, and she's in, like, uh, I want to... How many of their movies is she in? Two for sure. Raising Arizona and uh, Over There Art Thou. Um, I can't remember what other one she's she in. in anymore? Oh, she's been in so many movies, though. It's uh -huh. like, uh -huh. sure, if you pull up her filmography, there's like 80 movies. Rightly so, she should be. Yeah. 65 movies as an actress playing yeah. up right now. And like she won an Oscar as well. So. Yeah, and she even in uh, like you talk TV shows, like she plays uh, a role in Succession, and she's fantastic in that show. Um, highly recommend it. And like she's her character is just great, very solid. Uh, no, it looks like after Oh Brother Where Art Thou, she did TV for a while. It looks like. Mm. I lied. There's some a lot of TV documentaries, TV movies, stuff like that, and then she starts to do some other things. How does Old Brother Where Art Thou end? I remember the flood. There's a scene with like the dogs swimming by. I, I, um, for... he gets he gets with his uh, he meets with his wife. Mm -hmm. They get back together, and then she's like giving him a list of things that he has to do. He has to he has to work. He has to do this and everything, and then realizes that also. The ring that he grabbed wasn't the right ring, so then she's really upset with him. It's like that's not my ring. Uh, or no, maybe there's no. I haven't seen it in a long time. I need to rewatch that. Um, but yeah, and then like the kids are singing, they're holding hands, they're all walking through the street, and then the the prophet at the very beginning, who's the blind uh, black gentleman on mm -hmm. the um, the push cart on the road, uh, the railroad track, that's giving them a lift. Um, he's there again. He's singing the same song. 
that's all. Okay. Yeah, they survived the flood. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> If, at spoiler. this point, you haven't seen fucking. Yeah. Where, spoiler! If you there. got to that point in the movie and just like, oh, the flood happened. Well, they probably die. I'm not going to want to see the last ten minutes of this. <laughs> Moving on, Tim. Yes. What's of the movies you've seen? What's your favorite one? Uh, well, as of today, The Big Lebowski. Because holy shit, that was fun. Dream so sequences. It is a classic. The, the I knew Russians. that you would like that so much, Tim. I knew that you would like that. Yeah, I did surprisingly get very uncomfortable when he was drinking and smoking joints inside the car, broad daylight down the streets. <laughs> I was just like, oh, this this doesn't feel right anymore. Like, I know he's driving in a fucking tank of a vehicle, and that's part of the dude, but, like, walk somewhere, asshole. <laughs> but it, what a great movie. It just... He starts like pretending at some point without really acknowledging it that he's a private eye now, <laughs> like trying to give some kind of yeah. credence to what he's doing. John Goodman's character for me is incredible. Yeah. Walter. Fle- <laughs> flees in that one. Nothing changes. Fucking Nazis. They were Nazis, dude? Oh, come on, Donnie. They were threatening castration. Uh-huh. Are we going to split hairs here? No. Am I wrong? Well, he, he man, they were nihilists, man. Huh? They kept saying they believed in nothing. Nihilists. Fuck me. I mean, say what you want about the tenets of National Socialism, dude. At least it's an ethos. Walter, shut the fuck up. David Huddleston, who plays the big Lebowski, is uh, really good as well in that movie. Mm. Yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a reoccurring character. He's also an old brother right now. Yeah. Yelling that piece of wood to the uh, floor, which I like. I'm watching him doing it, realizing what's happening. Like, oh, it's really cool. Like, I haven't thought of it like that. That's that's a neat idea to stop someone from just busting into your house and the fucking door opens the yeah. other way. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, you got Tara Reed, peak Tara Reed, pretty much. Yeah. Sam Waterston <laughs> as the stranger. I, yeah. I fucking hate yeah. him. Wait, you mean Sam yeah. Neill? Sam Neill. I said Waterson, didn't I? Yeah. Yeah, that's Law a very different on. last name. Yeah, you could have interchanged them. That would have been the same movie. Right, writes a check for a carton of milk. <laughs> oh, then Philip Seymour Hoffman, R.I.P. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he did a wonderful job, too. R.I.P., man. He's so <sighs> great. My only comp- Steve Buscemi? <sighs> Steve Buscemi? Steve Buscemi, yeah. He's I, a then, recurring character in a, a, like, uh, in a lot of their movies as well. I shouldn't say a lot, but multiple movies uh what do you guys think about the ending i did not find that really satisfactory i'm okay with the sad ending but like it just i don't know it fizzled for me yeah i see this is where where it comes down sometimes i'm okay with uh the sad ending as well without spoiling too much i try not to given that maybe there are people that will listen that haven't seen it. And if fuck you are, them. then uh, you need to get on it. Tim can't say fuck them because he watched this movie for the first time today. Yeah, like a couple <laughs> hours ago. <laughs> but I don't care about spoilers. I'll enjoy uh, it. Movie for that happens. <laughs> Dude, I fucking hate the Eagles. <laughs> Stops the cab, <laughs> kicks them out. When the cop, like the best part in the entire movie for me was when the cop fucking just takes his mug and fucking wings it against his head. Like, what are you, a fascist? <laughs> Knocks him to the floor. 
Oh, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Two divides, man. Oh, Tara Reid was gorgeous. I I just, yeah. The the acid trip scene is a wonderful display of cinematography. Yeah. And creative genius, in my opinion. What what is it called? Gutter balls? Gutter balls? The eulogy (laughs) scene sticks out to me. Where he just ends up going on about Vietnam for like five minutes. It's so, it's so good. Jeff he Bridges covered the, in ashes. He's beating the shit out of the one car. Is that your car? I forget the kid's name. And he's just looking all dumb. And he's like, this is what happens when you fuck somebody. Just beating the shit out of the car and it's not even his. It's like, oh, yeah. God. Yeah. yeah, Walt. He's just over the top. Over yeah. the top. It's almost cringy. I'm like, oh no. You're over the line, Smokey. Oh, fuck that. Mark it down. You're over the line. This is bowling. There are rules. This isn't Vietnam. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then the uh the spreading spreading the ashes. <laughs> <laughs> From a Folgers can. I, I loved it from beginning to end. The the acid trips, like you guys pointed out, was fantastic. the 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 cremation scene was great. Uh, John Goodman nailing this just misplaced, angered asshole, but lovable. Turning around to shut the fuck up, Donnie. Shut the fuck up. You don't know what the I'm fuck the you're talking about. <laughs> I am the walrus. You're your element, Donnie. Shut the fuck up. It's just like these weird characters, and the whole thing was just about a carpet at the end of the day. It really tied the room together, though, Tim. It, it tied the room together. I loved it. Yeah. I, I'm The rug really tied the room together. I feel like maybe I, I have to give it a, a rewatch in some time and, and see if the ending sits better with me, because like, if it ended at the mansion, if it... Like, I don't think we really got any resolution with the some of the threads, which is fine, but, like, well, the dude abides. I just... Yeah, I don't need everything to tie together. It's actually part of why I just, as I said, I was watching in the last podcast, uh, I would be watching Reminiscence, and I watched Reminiscence, and the thing that bothered me the most about Reminiscence was they, like, tied everything perfectly together in this neat little bow, and it was like this... It didn't need to go this way. It just feels so linear when that happens. Do you uh, find that that's a common convention in movies today where they can't ever just introduce a character? It's, it's happening specifically in the superhero universe, I find, that it, it just can't leave anything to vague what is happening. It's it's always these plot points and everything's connected and we're going to have to spoon feed you everything to this point to start the movie. Yeah, I think it I think it in certain movies, if the movie's a blockbuster, it almost has to. It, it feels like they they are too worried about it a, a movie flopping and not uh not doing well and getting panned that they that they try to make sure that everything ties together and also that everything ends happily for as many characters as physically possible. Yeah. I think that's why maybe uh, when you look at Avengers movies, um, when you look at maybe Endgame, uh, I don't know. I don't know if you think Endgame is actually the best Avengers. I don't think it is personally. I thought they were boring. I, I and like this is part of my like 
counter to popular things, which I'm trying to get over. It's I watched all of them. Park ride. But like after, I think Infinity War was good. Captain Continue. America, Winter Soldier. It just the heart from all of them just seemed to kind of disappear. I got Ant Man. I love that, but like Doctor Strange, I was heartbroken by because it's such a cool character and so much you can do with it, and it was fucking bad accent from Bender Mur Match and like very lacking in story yeah that guy and like i just after that like all these movies and like i haven't dived into the tv show because it seems like it's just this coaster ride you're on tracks this is beginning middle and end this is what you're here to expect this is what you're gonna get we're not offering you anything more than that no fair enough uh we could probably do marvel in a whole separate uh long five hour podcast <laughs> before, before we jump into it yeah no and like uh, different waves too we should have an episode on who our favorite hulk is they've had <laughs> they've had more fucking actors play hulk than all the other characters put together with their changes if you it's say anybody Lou other than lufu igno um Sweet. So with the big Lebowski, that's yeah. yours. Uh, mine. Surprise, surprise. Uh, no country for old men. Ooh, I thought you were gonna say Fargo. Nope. I figured no it was gonna be one of the two. Men, that is a really good one, though. A um, really good one. That is edge your seat shit, man. Ooh, oh, so I will good. set the scene. So good. Uh, I have no idea what this movie is gonna be about because I. Do not watch trailers if I can avoid them. We've discussed this. If I can avoid a trailer, I'm going to avoid it. Yeah. Coen Brothers film, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch it in theaters. Go. Um, I wait. I catch like a mid-afternoon matinee because uh, at the time I'm working at Blockbuster. So my hours are all over the place a lot. I'm either like working mornings or evenings. Catch a mid-afternoon matinee. There's like me, a couple buddies were the theaters packed in the middle of the afternoon i'm surprised but you know people like their cheap tickets and normally when the theater's packed like it can it's not it doesn't necessarily bother me but there's potential for a theater to irritate you when it's packed you know you got a lot of people around a lot of distractions people making noise cell phones started to become a thing right mm -hmm. uh it, it's yeah it could get frustrating. People Bathroom talk. breaks, snacks, all that shit. Yeah. Maybe after about 15 minutes in the movie, I don't think a single person got up and left that theater. It was just pure silence. And I, there is a level of suspense that is held throughout that movie that I don't, off the top of my head, I don't know if it's been replicated in any other movie i've watched since where i've sat there maybe the dark knight funny enough where mm -hmm. i've sat there the whole time had a mix of goosebumps a little bit of sweat <laughs> and just you can't lean back in your seat you're just like lean forward and then it ends so abruptly that like you almost can't handle it ending yeah, that's the that's the thing about No Country for Old Men is like 
you're you're looking for this big resolution you're looking for this big thing to happen with the story and that ends so abruptly and you're just like i had hair before no country for all <laughs> i lost it all in that theater just dude with 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 that movie one of the most intense scenes that really set like i i i haven't seen it i've only seen it the one time and i watched it by myself which I think was a good thing because I didn't have any distractions because I had a flip phone at the time, um, and I like watched it very intently, like like you. I think the one scene that really got me to like really focus and stare it down was when he jumps in the river and they're shooting at him, and then the dog jumps in there, and you can see the dog yeah. swimming after him still. I'm like, oh, this is serious. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. this dog, <laughs> this dog ain't gonna give up shit. And then no. from there is like it just kept like going up and going up and going up, and I'm like. What's happening? No, what like, why cool don't you chase? Come on, scene. man! Like, so intense. Yeah. So Unloads the gun, intense. blows into it, dries it out, puts it together, takes that half breath. That was tense. It's weird that you guys are talking about the cell phones thing because I will also say that, and this is it's it's really Javier Bardem maybe makes the movie with his performance. It's so oh, his accent, his accent, and how slowly he delivers his words is just like, and his stare. Sorry yeah. to cut you off, but oh. it's cold. It's calculated. It seems like it seems like the way he the way he portrays that character. It seems like there's every single step, even that he takes, it's purposeful. It's the type of character, like the way the way that character is, it's absolutely remarkable. And uh, he holds that mask that of non-emotion for... so well that when he gives a smile, it's frightening. Well, and people, you don't realize, like people don't know. Javier Bar- Bardem's like a romance actor. That's <laughs> that's what he did, like loving the time of cholera. Was like one of his big movies. <laughs> Loving the time of cholera. Yeah. Desire uh, with. Was he fucking cholera? Desire with dysentery. Spanish flu passion. He. <laughs> Loving Pablo. COVID cuddles. There's a lot of movies that he was in where, like, he. It was very much like a, a romance. Maybe like an, a romance with a bit of action. Like that kind of thing. Right is very weird, but such a good actor overall, and like we get to see that more, um, you know, Collateral, Skyfall. Like you start to see, hey, he, uh, this guy's for real. You know, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tales. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Uh... Oh my god. Oh. The Coen brothers' use of characters in this was fantastic. Like, you talked about leaving threads behind. Like, you don't even... I, the deputy, I, I've really enjoyed him and everything he showed up in. Like, Justified, uh, Raising Hope, the TV show. And, like, I, I'm sure he's been in different places. But this, you know, deputy looking to take over the sheriff's thing eventually. But, like, you have that kind of mentorship. But you don't even notice when he's gone and no longer being used. Uh, fucking Woody Harrelson's character coming in, 
playing this really cool role and you think the story's going somewhere and then disappearing like they the fuck when they get rid of the main character it, that's done it, it's just like they bring these people in and they get rid of them and it's the, when they serve their use there's no excess it is a very lean movie and you talked about using smaller towns again it did never feel like it did never feel it did not feel like there was like a, a surplus of extras and act, uh, set dressing it was just mm-hmm. this is what you are getting and you're enthralled by it that scene in the like the the old deputies or the old sheriff's uh, cottage there where it's all fucked up and there's cats everywhere and it slowly pushes in on both of them where it's like yeah life is kind of meaningless bud just how dangerous is he to commit what the bubonic plague <laughs> like <laughs> yeah like fuck man like uh, he doesn't have a big role in it but woody harrelson's character is so kick-ass in that but yeah like jumping on to javier bardem like javier bardem um not to mention oh good lord i'm, I'm missing his name right now the main character guy good lord josh brolin? i feel so bad pardon me josh brolin Josh Brolin, thank you so much. He, I, and I do admire him as an actor. I can't believe I forgot his name. Because he's in a few other Coen Brothers movies. Um, but yeah, Josh Brolin, Javier Bardem, and Tommy Lee Jones. They all do a really good job with their roles in this. Like, really yeah. good. Really good. Yeah. It, it, it's The movie is so well done. Also, Josh Brolin's character is named Llewellyn, and... It's a name that is in multiple one, multiple movies for them, which is really, I find, strange and weird, but it's not a very common name, but good for them. Llewellyn? <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, the tension that they build um, before anything happens is is just, it's it's something that, I think goes without saying is hard to deliver in cinema and it's rare these days. Um, but back to Javier Bardem, <laughs> he did not want to do the movie. No, he so didn't. I'm yeah. not the right guy. I'm not, I don't speak English very well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I speak bad English. I don't drive. I hate violence. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> the right why. guy. Maybe that's yeah. why. Yeah. It's, um, uh, what, what I wanted to say, too, is, like, I think that's one reason why the Coen brothers are so respected and beloved by many different critics or fans is because you can take Hudsucker Proxy or Raising Arizona and then go, like, or, and then before that, you have, you know, uh, Blood Simple <laughs> and then you have No Country for Old Men. It's like the back and forth between like kind of a dry, witty comedy and then to like slapstick or whatever. Cause like I just watched Raising Arizona for the first time. I thought it was quite, you know, I wouldn't say it's like one of my more favorite ones, but I, I find it quite, you know, heartwarming and, uh, you know, lighthearted as well. But it's like super slapstick. Like, you know, mm-hmm. hitting hitting Nicolas Cage and it's like very Looney Tunes esque like reaction and stuff like that and like you know oh dear and he blows up or whatever, um, but like you have that and then you have Javier Bardem with a fucking high pressured air gun. Yeah, 
Yeah, like, that's the. Like, who are these the guys? And then you have Hudsucker Proxy, where you know they invent a hula hoop and they're kind of laughing and it's all fucking hilarious. And then all of a sudden, boom! You have Blood Simple or the uh, the man who what was it called? The man who didn't exist or something like that. And he, there you go. Uh, but Billy Bob Thornton is the, uh, the barber, and he's you know a murderer. <laughs> so, or he's a psychopath. Like. It's it's very interesting to see them go back and forth so well and so fluid. Like it's not like a runoff of like you know thrillers, 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 murders. You know, like all that kind of stuff, and then comedies. No, it's like back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. It's quite the blend. Mm-hmm. Is that harder today no, for a director true. or a writer to kind of step outside their niche once they have a hit? Like uh, you know, like you have an M Night Shyamalan. Uh, can he really ever leave the twist endings, or is that what's expected? That's what's going to bring in the money, and now you got to stay the in bees. The bees. I think it all depends on the on on the director, right? Like you get some guys like Taika Waititi, who is who is who is a New Zealand director, and he was kind of all about like you know uh, comp, dry dry New Zealand comedy and wit. And then a little bit of tragedy, but they kind of persevere through it. Like that's kind of his mo. And they throw then then he gets the the reins to Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, you know, like you 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 can be a director and throw stuff around. It all depends on what you're going through in life. Like one thing I noticed with the Coen brothers is many times the husband is left by his partner, or it's a divorce, or they're cheating on the like on the male partner. Like it's a male main character and they're getting cheated on or they're left, you know, there's, they're single all of a sudden, um, which is like, man, like, what, what are you, what are you trying to say? Um, <laughs> women will break and your then, heart. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, and then like, uh, with, with the example of George Lucas, who I know you're a big fan of there, Tim, Absolutely. um, Brian, you're, you're a big Star Wars guy too, I think. Right. Probably not as big as Tim, but I am a relatively big Star Wars. Yeah, no, I don't think we can compete. Maybe you and I, we we, we could battle him together. It'd be like uh, Obi Wan and Anakin against uh, Dooku. Uh, it's uh, <laughs> it's never a battle. It. We all can just love and enjoy something special. I did buy a Jar Jar Binks action figure today, so I don't Ooh. know if that goes for or against me. When you hold when you hold Jar Jar up, do you do the voice all the time? He's a Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> He's <laughs> a racist um, stereotype. <laughs> what I was getting at was um, George Lucas. He even said that with uh, Empire, and when he was helping out uh, Spielberg with um, Temple of Doom, and those both were released around the same time. He was going through a divorce, and he's like, I think that's why the both of them were a little bit darker and scarier, and not as like fun and happy-go-lucky as Raiders. A New Hope, Return of the Jedi, Last Crusade. So I think with a director or writer, it all depends on what they're going through personally. And then it all depends on, like, maybe they don't mind taking on something like that. Like, we are just talking about Sam Raimi beforehand. He was very famous for, like, horror and, uh, oh, you know, horror and, uh, you know, gore and all that kind of stuff. And then he goes into Spider-Man. Like, all right. So I, I think it depends on the, maybe some guys like M. Night Shyamalan. He's just like, okay, this is my MO and I like this and I'll just keep going with it. Cause I'm making the money. Fair enough. I, I will say 
maybe that's why Empire is my favorite. Is that so dark? Maybe. And you, and you got Lando? And you got Lando? Maybe. And he's wearing Han's clothes at the end? <laughs> I, uh... I, I, I was going to say, but then, like, Temple of Doom is not my favorite. Oh, it's horrible. I am yeah. I'm all about Indiana Jones. I've told you guys this many times. I love that trilogy. I think it's one of the best, if not the best. And uh, didn't yeah, last time like, you tried to tell us it was Lord of the Rings? It, that's what I mean. That it's either it's, it's quick, one of them. Huh? It's oh, one of them. Okay. It's one of them. It's one of them. <laughs> <laughs> it flip it flip flops on my mood. Absolutely. Yeah. Shut the fuck up, Tim. <laughs> what are you, the fucking trilogy police? Get the fuck out of here. Hey, We're talking about Cohen Brothers. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> so back on to the Cohen Brothers. Um, <laughs> Let's get this train you know, back. We can on. run through. We can run through their filmography really quick. Kind of give give takes if we've. There's some here that I'm a Cohen Brothers fan, but there's some here that I have not seen or only saw once and did not watch again. So yeah, there's a few that I haven't seen. Being new so, to the, uh, like the more of the obscure uh, Cohen Brothers movies and some of the ones that I missed, like Raising Arizona. When we go through this, could you tell me if you would recommend me watching it? Should I add this to my library or watch list? I think you would enjoy it. Fun thing about Raising Arizona, Kevin Costner and Richard Jenkins auditioned for Raising Arizona. And Costner apparently auditioned three times for it, which I could see. I think he would have done a pretty good job. And then also a fun thing for you to watch there, Tim, because I read this list beforehand. Mm -hmm. Um, Nicolas Cage's hair in the movie changes to like his stress levels so the more stressed out he is the more like poofed out and like wily looking it is because he has a tattoo of uh woody the woodpecker that's awesome and then if it's more refined and kind of slicked he's he's more calm (laughs) so it's a good little like it's a a nice little easter egg to to keep in mind Mm -hmm. um blood simple we kind of talked about a little bit I've honestly, I haven't seen this movie in probably 50 years. So. I've never seen it. I've never seen it. I've only read reviews on it and stuff. And apparently the Coen brothers didn't really like it. They said it's pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Would you recommend or skip, Brian? Uh, I like, it's not very memorable to me. So in that case, I'd skip. But at the same time, it has Francis McDormand in it. And Francis McDormand is maybe my favorite actress so she is amazing from that standpoint i can't recommend you skipping because it has her in it (laughs) it's also one of their higher rated one of their higher rated and like more beloved like they don't even like big lebowski but on a lot of people's lists it it always ranks top five so yeah i feel like people people always like it's the artsy thing to rank this high because it's the lesser known film it's their first major film Mm-hmm. Uh, so I always take readings like that with, uh, with a grain of salt it's obscure so it's cool eh, so we talked about Raising Arizona a little bit it's kind yep. of the next one um, I would if you haven't seen it I would recommend it as well Raising Arizona is fantastic yeah it's, uh, it's good it, it covers good comedy very heartwarming Really, yeah. I thought the ending was really good for this one. When we're when yeah. you're bringing up the endings being kind of shit, this one I felt was a good one. I feel like I, I agree always confuse that. this one in my head with uh, leaving Las Vegas. Yeah, very different. <laughs> very different. Yeah, which I which I haven't, which I, I admittedly have not seen yet. 
very different though. <laughs> Raising Arizona is a lot less trippy than leaving Las Vegas. Well, I haven't seen either uh, of them, but in my head, I always like conflate the two with each other. Like I don't even know if they're of the same era. I mean, it's it's just it's Nicolas Cage, man. That's ah, why. That's it. It's Nicolas Cage. It's so, like where they they got to be like eight nine years apart, but it's Nicolas Cage. Can't wait to do the Nicolas Cage episode, by the way, and argue for Face Off as the greatest oh. movie of all time. Sorcerer's no. Apprentice. No. It's one of my least favorite popular movies so bad. Uh, um, Snake Eyes. Miller's Crossing. Oh, Snake Miller's Eyes Crossing is, is a very highly rated film by the Coen brothers that I have never seen. I actually, I, I, I was telling you guys in the chat that I was watching The Lady Killers, but watching it like five minutes in, I'm like, you know what? I should watch this watch this with Tara because I think she'll like it. So I started watching Miller's Cro- Crossing because it is on uh, Disney Plus, I believe. And yeah. I was able to find it. I, I really wanted to watch Barton Fink's because that one looked really good to me, cause John Turturro and John Goodman. And I was like, fuck, yeah, sign me up. But I couldn't find it on any of those streaming platforms. I didn't feel like looking at one, two, three movies. Yeah. And oh, deal with problems. But, um, yeah, anyway. Um, it looks good to me. It's very intriguing. I like the timepiece. And the... For the, the audience, starring what's cast the premise? Looks, looks awesome. Um, Irish mob boss. Um, uh, pardon me. Miller's Crossing is one of those movies so high on style you can almost drink the visuals. Barry Sonfeld's moody cinematography, Dennis Gassner's lavish production design, and Richard Hornung's plush costumes create such an effective evocation of Prohibition-era America that you can almost overlook flaws in the circuitous script. Albert Finney, Albert Finney, great actor, Stars is an Irish crime boss whose right-hand man, Gabriel Byrne, also a wonderful actor, falls in love with his girl, Arcia Gay Harden, during a war with a rival Italian gang. John Turturro is a standout as Harden's brother, a bookie who runs afoul of mobsters and must beg for his life in the film's best scene. Okay, uh, so this must have been John Turturro's first movie. Oh yeah, no, mm-hmm. I... I I was watching the first uh, five minutes before you guys called, and it looks pretty good. I, I I will finish it. Fun fact about Miller's Crossing, even if you haven't seen it, the Coen brothers, because of how I talked about how they write, where they just start a story and just progress through it, uh, they often get writer's block, and they got writer's block while writing Miller's Crossing, and that's actually when they stopped writing and just wrote Barton Fink. Oh, shit. That's why, if you look at the Coen Brothers movies, for the most part, uh, especially early on, before they became like bigger and it was like, oh, they got to get a movie out every year, uh, there was always a few years gap between each movie. And then out of nowhere, Miller's Crossing comes out and Barton Fink comes out like half a year later. Wasn't it vice versa? I thought Barton Fink came out much later. Miller's Crossing, nineteen ninety. Barton Fink, nineteen ninety one. Really? Oh, I thought was, I thought Barton Fink was much later. Um, one thing about Miller's Crossing: Coen Brothers took Miller's Crossing instead of taking on Batman. Yes, the one with, yes. The one with Michael Keaton and Jack Nicholson and Kim Basinger, Bassinger, 
Bassinger? I've always said Basinger. I was I always go off of the Simpsons, which I forget. <laughs> I just watched that episode too. Where they're playing badminton and it's uh Ron Howard. <laughs> and Homer's like, unbelievable. Howard's like, what was that? No, nothing, nothing. <laughs> Bart and Fink is the next one. Another John Turturro one. See it. Yeah, I, I'm a big John Goodman fan. John is amazing as well. Both Johns, just awesome. Um, definitely want to see it. Haven't seen it. Can't really give an opinion. Writers with what, writer's block. Like, how about that? What about you? Uh, what about you, Tim? Have not seen it. Don't even know what it's about. It's a. It's about a writer that has writer's block. Like a, a playwright, which is funny because which is ironic. Like, obviously, we're having writer's block on the on the Miller's Crossing when they wrote this. All so, right. would you uh, recommend? You wonder where where their inspiration came from for this movie. Um, <laughs> right, what you know. This movie won the Palme d'Or at Cannes, as well as I think Best Director and Best Actor at wow. Cannes. Holy shit! Like crushed. Would you Absolutely recommend crushed it? Crushed at Cannes. Uh, good movie. I haven't seen it in a long time. Um, there's not much more to say than that. Like, without spoiling spoiling too much, but overall, I it's it's on my recommended list for them. Okay. Which one's this I would one? definitely watch No Country Over It, but uh, the HUD Sucker Proxy. I haven't seen. So I'm you know, I was gonna say. The first Coen Brothers movie that I'm ever seeing, front to back, was Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? But the first one I'm ever seeing on CBC, Late Night Saturday, uh, bits and pieces of, was Hudsucker Proxy. And it seems super weird to me, so I didn't really finish it all. Um, but I recently, you know, since then, pardon me, since then, I have watched it in its entirety. And I actually liked it. I liked it a lot. It was quite whimsical. Um, definitely that fast talking what was it 30s 40s time and you know it's a buzz sucker a buzz sucker buddy and it's a straw <laughs> bruce campbell's in this one so sam raimi stole bruce campbell uh from the cone brothers i'm sure they would like cone brothers would have used bruce campbell a few more times um you know it maybe if he could do accents i'm not sure but i i would recommend it it's pretty good it's pretty good what's like a two-line okay. synops- synopsis for this if i was thinking about watching this what's that about guy comes from nowhere like from from rags to riches and i don't know just uh i'm not sure how to describe you know the, the the quirkiness of like time stopping and angels talking to him and all that kind of stuff but it's okay. I don't know. It's it's kind of like a high on life thing. It's it's almost like it's almost like a wonderful life, you know. Clarence, I want to live again, and he gets a second chance and does all this kind of stuff. Like here's what the I, uh, what I from it. The one sentence IMDb synopsis for it is: A naive business graduate is installed as president of a manufacturing company as part of a stock scam. <laughs> it's very. Yeah. I like it. I mean, that's right to the point. But uh, doesn't give you much else there. Doesn't that was like really a good two justice. sentence. Yeah, doesn't really do it justice. Uh, Fargo. Damn. We've all seen Fargo. Fuck yeah. Anyone? Tim, Tim oh, yeah. you've seen Fargo. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Oh yeah. Seen I the TV forgot. Show, yeah, you're talking about it. And you're things. laughing at the woodchipper scene, right? Oh, yeah. right, right. I haven't seen Fargo in about seven years, and I still like. Normally, I would have watched 
it probably sooner than that because I love Fargo. It's a close second to me uh, be behind No Country for All Men. And actually, Burn After Reading's up there, which is a little weird for someone for to be up there in rankings. But Yeah? Yeah. yeah, I, yeah. I, I actually fuck with Burn After Reading a lot. Uh, Darn tootin'. <laughs> yeah, Fargo I was just, great. William H. Macy is fantastic. Uh, I'm surprised and, they didn't use him more. Yeah. Yeah. William H. Macy, even in... There's other movies where he has small roles. Like, I think History of Violence, he has, like, a 10-minute role. And really? Yeah, I think it's History of Violence where wow, he has, like, a 10-minute role. I haven't seen role. that for so long. And he was nominated for Best Supporting Actor for that role. No kidding. He is a really good actor. I, yeah. I, I, I love him. I thought he was great years ago. I would definitely right recommend this movie to any of, of our listeners thinking about watching it. It is such a great piece. It is using Minnesota wonderful too. Just the accents, the 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 neighborliness of everything, the awkward family dynamics. Uh I don't have my f- phone in front of me actually. Well, like they go with the Minnesota accent, but uh, Oh, I, I lied. It's I, William I... Hurt. Why was I thinking William H. Macy, History of Violence? Sorry, continue. Yeah, no worries. Oh, William. Isn't Fargo in North Dakota? Yeah, I think I mixed those up in my head. But uh, one... Come on, Tim. You're in... But the, the thing is, is they go for the Minnesota-friendly accent. So that's the, that's confusion, for sure. Yeah. Anything south but, of Manitoba. Like, I, I'm like, pretty sure it's... Like, put... it, because I drove through Fargo, and I was going to make a big deal about it. Like, we're in Fargo. But we ended up stopping in Grand Forks. And I was like, oh, this is better, because we're that much closer to Canada. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, oh, man, I just love the, like how they nailed the accent so fucking well. Um, apparently, Francis McDormand and William H. Macy had a really hard time with the accent. Um, so they had to, like, really work on it. But mm-hmm. just, like, the banter of, like, you know, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, could you describe him? Oh, no, he's just funny looking. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, yeah. I watch it now and it's I love goofy. it. But the first time, I was just like, this is just dumb. It reminded yes. me so much of like, living in Manitoba. Like, oh, hey, Howard, did you make sure you checked the, you know, like, oh, I don't know if it was an accident. You would have seen some breaks. Oh, it's like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> <laughs> the different tones of yeah just like lets you know that you might be in trouble. <sighs> well, and, and then yeah. there was the TV series, which were which was, I watched the first uh, season and a half also very cool i'm i'm halfway through the first season right now oliver platt um you got colin hanks you got billy bob thornton billy bob thornton so such a good actor such yeah they get billy bob thornton for a tv series that's fucking impressive i guess he hasn't I mean, really been doing much ooh, i've got actors on... actors are all over tv series right now like tv's mm-hmm. the new movies for a lot of people did you ever see the uh ricky gervais bit where he's making fun of all of hollywood if like Taliban's or ISIS started a streaming series for like TV shows, they'd all be all over it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, man, yeah, like anything Netflix TV series or whatever, like it's gone back to TV. Jason Bateman went TV movies and now he's back to TV. Yeah. Um Big Lebowski. We we talked a lot about Big Lebowski and just how good it is overall. Yeah. Uh, um Definitely, definitely up there on the list. I think for all of us, 
It's a movie you can watch with your partner. It's a movie you can watch by yourself. It's a movie you can watch with buddies. It's a movie you can put in the background like of a party. Like, it's it's an all around great movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, stellar cast, witty comedy, iconic scenes. Can't go wrong. I've seen graffiti. I was in where was I? Dublin, Ireland, and I saw graffiti about the Big Lebowski there. <laughs> I think for Fargo and The Big Lebowski, you could probably use the same synopsis where it's like a, a crime thriller to a degree. Dark yeah, comedy. Yeah, there's, there's, a, there's Big Lebowski's a little bit more goofy comedy. Still some dark humor to it, for sure. Um, but Fargo, I think, is a little bit darker. Mm-hmm. Actually, I think why Fargo ranks above Big Lebowski, for, for me, it's just the dark humor. And it's kind of like... Me. It's kind of like in between, um, Fargo's in between Big Lebowski and No Country for Old Men, eh? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Comedy, comedy but dark. Yeah. Moving sure. on, Brian? Um, You're like our producer. You, know, you keep us on the straight and narrow. I love it. I'm, I'm young Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brother, where art thou is the next one. Oh, man. But, yeah, I already talked about this a lot. Um, I'll, I'll insert the fun fact for this, uh, one, which is that George Clooney actually didn't even read the script. He just signed on. Yeah. That's, uh, that's the fun fact for this one, which is crazy, but also just goes to say a lot about the reputation that the Coen brothers had, that they approached George Clooney and George Clooney was massive at that point. Oh yeah, um, he left TV, went to movie, and like he was just blowing up everywhere. And they've used him many times in their movies. So, you know the relationship's good, and he has the trust. Yeah. So he uh, in the songs. yeah, he overall on everything. Pardon me. From from start to finish, this may be one of the most consistent movies they have. Like it's pure entertainment from start to finish. There's no lulls. Uh, you have a lot of consistent laughs throughout it. It's it's a very enjoyable watch all the way through. New characters, like every 15 minutes, they play their part. They move on. They, you know, they leave. They come back. Um, side adventures all the time because that's the Odyssey. That's the Iliad. Is you know he, he's trying to get home, but it always has to go this way and that way. And then again, the soundtrack phenomenal um if we were gonna give a synopsis just uh off the top of my head something like uh, a guy traveling home to see a prison break to get home to see the love of his life kind of thing yeah yeah essentially you know like they're they're turning um greek mythology into almost american mythology mm-hmm. kind of like mark twain if mark twain was in the great depression That's moving the on and the next movie else- if anybody else had anything to add to that. No, I think we got her. Uh, yeah. So far, pretty much every movie that we've covered so far, if I'm uh, correct, I, I don't think we gave a synopsis on Raising Arizona, which I think there's something to do with a kid in that. Is every one of their movies some way involving a crime? When a childless couple of an ex-con and an ex-cop decide to help themselves to one of another family's quintuplets... Their lives become more complicated than they anticipated. That's raising Arizona's official synopsis. So a kidnapping well, movie. There, there, there are there are frequent crime-related ones, but at the same time, Barton and Fink is not crime. 
Hudsucker proxy, I guess you could say it was like uh, a stocks scam, but it's not, and it, I don't think it revolves around crime. Like the white main man character right is now, white collar crime. I see how it is. Inside Inside Lewin Davis is not about crime. No, uh, no. Hail Caesar. Uh, that, well, there I, there is a kidnapping in Hail Caesar. Yeah, I, I remember true. watching the first like fifteen minutes again. I need to finish. Yeah, that. Uh, a serious man. I don't think there's crime in a serious. He's man. just a weird guy. I think it's just like uh, Patton Oswalt auditioned for that role. Yes, yes, he did. I love Pat. Love Pat uh, Oswalt. Love Pat Oswalt. So man, who wasn't there? Uh, laconic <laughs> yeah. chain smoking barber blackmails his wife's boss and lover for money to invest in dry cleaning. But his plan goes terribly wrong. So this movie correlates to another movie that I mentioned earlier, Burn After Reading, that I really like mm-hmm. um, because they're both blackmail films that go horribly wrong. And is it and more of a, kind of like a, an awkward comedy or is it serious? Because the black this and is, white with this Billy is Bob Thorne like, darker. yeah, any any pictures I've seen from it, I haven't watched the trailer for it, but like Billy Bob Thornton looks like he's about to murder everyone. <laughs> yeah it's it's a little bit darker burn after reading is definitely more goofy comedy yeah uh, and i think it's just brad pitt's character in burn after reading it's oh, absolutely God. fantastic in yes. like the worst kind of way <laughs> we'll, we'll get there soon i have yeah. i have things to say about that movie too intolerable cruelty is next um danielle actually recently watched this because i brought up that we were doing this tonight and i was like i haven't seen intolerable cruelty since it came out uh that's like the reverse like, of a rom-com eh yeah she she was like i uh she watched it again she was like it doesn't hold up oh no it doesn't hold up she really liked it when she'd first seen it and uh doesn't seem to hold up as well that was her take there so, you go that's brian's wife's take <laughs> brian's wife says pass all right um fuck you danielle you don't know shit about movies so <laughs> If I remember, Intolerable Cruelty is George Clooney plays a divorce lawyer and Catherine Zeta-Jones is a gold digger. And I think George Clooney helps her or helps the couple, like either the guy or girl, her or her husband through a divorce. And then uh, they fall for each other. But not certain if they're truly falling for each other or not because it's a divorce lawyer and a gold digger without uh, okay. spoiling things. But that's kind of the premise of the movie. That actually sounds pretty interesting. Like I always like Catherine Zeta Jones. Would you say that's a, a pass for you or a recommend? Uh, for me, it's a pass and I actually like rom-coms. So it's not because it's a rom-com. I just, uh, not much, I'm surprised I remember that much about it. Not much substance. Fair enough. I think that's definitely for a list we talked about before we were starting the show is rom-coms because I do have an affinity for quite a few romantic comedies. Me as well. And even the Hallmark movies. I I grew up in a house with my mom and two sisters. Like I had two (laughs) brothers too, but like the sisters were very dominant of the TV upstairs. Mm Hmm. And then the brothers downstairs would just suplex me and powerbomb me. So I was like, maybe I'll watch Friends again. (laughs) All right, so that one was a pass. What's our next movie on the list? Lady Killers. Okay. I'm intrigued. 
watching the mm-hmm. first 10 minutes of it, I'm intrigued. Brian? I believe this was maybe one of their most panned movies. I think a lot of people expected a lot more from this movie because you got the Coen brothers, Tom Hanks. Oh my God, it's a heist movie. Like there's so much to it um, that just built up what could be this amazing film. And it kind of kind of let me down. That's not saying it's a bad movie. It's just when you when you have the hype of those writers, directors, actors. Yeah, J.K. Simmons is coming into his own. Yeah, uh, Marlon Wayans. <laughs> yeah, right, Marlon Wayans. I had to, I had to remember which Wayans brother was in it. One of them. There's a oh, Wayans brother in it. The yeah. whole Wayans family's in it. That would have been a good the entire and loving color cast. Hey, Jim Carrey. James Carrey. <laughs> James Carrey. Was that what he went by at the time? Yeah, Jennifer Lopez was one of the fly dancers. Oh boy. Oh man. So yeah, Lady Killers. Uh, Lady Killers didn't live up, but that doesn't mean it wasn't a good movie. So don't the... let that make you not watch it. And it's a heist movie. Heist movies, even bad heist movies, are good. Movies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Have you ever seen the Rick and Morty heist movie? As our heist, uh, heist yeah. episode. No, yeah, not yet. that's pretty Great amazing. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, Lady Killers. I'm I'm intrigued because of Tom Hanks and the Coen Brothers, but on a lot of the lists, people rank the Lady Killers as like in the bottom quarter of all their movies so i'm i'm skeptical but we'll see how she goes we'll see how she goes yeah i saw a trailer for a heist movie and it's the first one in a while that i've been excited for because the ones with woody harrelson and the fucking magic really put me off for a bit oh god now you see it yeah those (laughs) are so shitty oh my god now you see it yeah the trailer i saw was there's a zombie apocalypse happening in the States. So a British crew is being put together to go in and rob something in the States. I assume Fort Knox, like during the uh, zombie apocalypse, which I just like, I fucking, I love this. This is weird enough to be different. All right. Yeah. I don't have the name of it in front of me, but I'm excited. Just want to quickly interject with heist movies. Number one, the original Italian job with Michael Caine and Benny Hill. Really good really funny it's a comedy it's amazing Damn really shit. really really funny number two i remember do you guys remember seeing in the news about that a heist in quebec where people like there was this group that stole like it was like five million dollars worth of syrup or something like that maple syrup yeah and then apparently like three months after seth rogan J- uh, jason siegel as well as uh james franco were working on a script to make a heist movie about stealing syrup and i'm like if they do it during like a gold medal game in the olympics where it's like team canada playing against the states just like that that's the perfect time to do a heist because the italian job the original one was during the world cup which was being held in italy and italy was in the finals so that was the time to do the, the bank heist right because everyone's gone to see the football match wherever they can and in my mind is like well you know, where was everybody during like the golden goal city cross in 2010? Like, sure, don't do the same timeline, but like push it to that, you know, date or whatever. And that's when they steal the maple syrup. Like, that's the most Canadian heist movie you could ever make. 
uh patent pending everyone don't fucking steal this idea whoever's listening we're gonna us three are gonna write and uh, star in this movie it's gonna be great we're all gonna be you know uh maple syrup guards security guards at the maple syrup factory sounds good we'll we'll be mounties that's so random (laughs) i like it though that is super random i fucking love it and i do with heist i heard heist and i'm like ooh. It sounds good. Anyway, we could do a whole episode on heists. Um, yes, because you didn't even mention the best heist movie of all time. I'll keep that for a future discussion. Pink Panther. Ooh, very interested <laughs> to hear. Um, the one with Martin Oceans Martin fourteen. Martin. The one with Steve Martin. <laughs> Moving on. So I'm avoiding shorts because there are a lot of shorts that the that they directed. Like there's they yeah. did one in Paris Jetem. No. Um, but uh, No Country for Old Men is their next one. Highly recommend. We were pretty in depth with this one, yeah. Yeah, we went very in depth on this one. Uh, we had our little orgasm session, so we're just gonna hop to burn after reading. Yeah, I would say No Country would be my number two. I would say Over the Art Thou. Um, no country, and then Fargo, and then the Big Lebowski. So, mm-hmm. burn after reading. If I remember this movie correctly, it was a lot like uh, the Man Who Knew Too Little kind of thing, where it was somebody got some secrets that they weren't supposed to have, uh, and George Clooney was in it as like the lead, and then Brad Pitt's character was the like he was just comic. Jim. He was. He's like some kind of like gym leader or something like that. Like he was a trainer. He, yeah. he works the same gym with um oh god. I just said his name a little while ago, but Francis McDormand works there as well as uh oh, what's his name? Something Oh god, he, he I, I mentioned him that where you uh, auditioned for um the character in Raising Arizona. Richard Jenkins. Richard Jenkins, thank you. Yeah, they all work yeah. at the same they all work at the same gym together. And because John Malkovich's character goes, pardon me, to that gym, he left a disc and he's with the CIA, but he's like, he's forced to retire. So they're like, oh, we got these documents so we can blackmail him and like get a reward. And Francis Norman <laughs> wants to go through this like whole like plastic surgery thing. And, you know, it, it's just ridiculous. Everyone has their agenda and they all cross over and they all get like, fucking confused and then president dorman's like on a dating site and she meets george Clooney's character who's also with the cia and knows sorry knows um (laughs) john malkovich and it just gets it's really good i watched this in theaters in halifax and i was i was 19 years old it was 2008 i remember it vividly i i finished high school i decided in during that summer off i was going to go travel to, sorry, that fall, because I was working that summer forestry one of my first years. And then I traveled to the Maritimes and I was hanging out with some friends and they're like, hey, let's go to the theater. And so I was like, oh, what's, what are you guys seeing? It's like, burn after reading. It's a Coen Brothers film. I'm like, I'm down. And watching it, we were just all just busting guts. It was a great movie. And I then, pardon me, not that yeah. year, but the year after Christmas, I, my family assigned me to go rent some DVDs at the local video store. And I picked that one among like three other ones or whatever. 
because Christmas, you always get that free one. You get that free day with Christmas. <laughs> um, <laughs> they don't charge you for Christmas. Um, and they hated it. They're all like, this is dumb. This is boring. It's so slow. It's stupid. Like Brad Pitt's character is just an idiot. And I'm like, and I actually told him, like, you just got, I guess you guys don't know movies then. You just don't know movies. Like you don't know comedy. You don't know movies. And they were mad. And I was, I was <laughs> mad too. And I was mad. I'm like, you guys don't get it. They're like, we get it. It's just a bad movie. I'm like, you guys don't know movies. <laughs> <laughs> Young, hot blooded 20 year old showing the world because he traveled a little. He knows film better. I saw this in Halifax in a I... theater that was built before fucking Edmonton was a city. It sounds like a highly I... recommended. I love John Malkovich and John Malkovich is more John Malkovich in this movie than it being John Malkovich. It's just an irritated old man. <laughs> yeah. He does it so well. He does it so well. Uh, the whole scene in the car when he, like even the phone call where he's like, who am I speaking to? Give me the disc. <laughs> it's just so good and it's so excess um and that's what i like about this movie is like they they clearly decided we're gonna make caricatures of every kind of character like we're gonna go excess as much as we possibly can with each character in this movie but not far enough where well for some people i guess for for Chalupa's family they it was too far but I think someone with a with a decent sense of humor. Yeah, fuck your family, Aaron. Uh, <laughs> no, no, truly, I don't, uh, like my dad. I just think he was in a bad mood. But yeah, I don't give a shit about my sister. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Alicia, I, think, I know you're not listening. I know you're not listening. <laughs> yeah. I think if anyone has a, a decent sense of humor, they can appreciate because it's a lot of different kinds of humor like sprinkled in as well, right? But. Between John Malkovich and then J.K. Simmons in it, like it's just you get you get two grumpy old men, uh, and it's they they are good they're good levity and a good contrast to Brad Pitt's like silly happy go lucky. Like also, we're just gonna mention, we're just gonna bribe the C or blackmail the CIA. <laughs> Tilda Swinton is in this too, and she does a yeah. wonderful job in it. But I love George Clooney's character and like how much he freaks out and gets all paranoid too. It's like yeah. just looking at Francis McDormand. It's like, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm Jolly Jenkins. Like, it's like he's freaking out, and just runs away. Oh it's my god! So well done. So I, good. I so do want to keep and us like, moving. He but... comes in the and there's the scene. Spoiler alert, everyone. Fuck off. Um, there's a scene where he opens the closet and then he just like reacts and shoots Brad Pitt in the head. The whole theater is like, what? <laughs> it's like Brad Pitt's not supposed to die. It's just like, everyone's just like all shocked. And like Brad Pitt's like, hey. And it's like, boom, in the fucking head. And he's like, look at this suit. There's like no fucking labels and shit. He's like, who are you? <laughs> it's a good scene. It's a good oh, scene. It's a good shocker. This. I hope the Coen brothers listening to this. This is great. Or... How, how George Clooney's like doing all these products in the basement and he's like working this working that and you're like what is he doing down there 
And it's like this sex swing kind of thing with a dildo that just pops up. It's a quirky oh. movie. Oh, it's, it's very super quirky. quirky. If you're going in there thinking it's going to be like some serious thing, it's like you got another thing coming, man. Oh yeah. my goodness. Go into um, it. Go into it with just like open mind and an open heart, and just laugh. But Tim, definitely watch it. Absolutely. I'm gonna have to. Oh, sorry, it, Tim. I, I ruined barely, everything for you. Barely. I thought you <laughs> did oh, no. see it. I thought you did see it. My mistake. I oh, have God. seen it just a long time ago. I barely remember. Oh, okay. I'm gonna have to rewatch it to then. That. Rewatch it. It's you'll you'll enjoy. It. Rewatch it with Cat on uh, you know Twitch or whatever the fuck it's called. Absolutely. On um, Twitch. Before we get <laughs> to the, the next movie, you always do how Discord. Fucking uh, yeah. old is uh, No Country for Old Men. Because I would have thought that that was a lot more recent. 2007. Holy shit. What a well-shot movie that it looks that fresh. So new. Holy It's almost like Hell or High Water kind of new. It it was so cleanly done. All right, so what is our next? Little Roger Deakins. Um, Serious Man is the next one. So Serious Man, we we touched on it a little bit. Uh, It's stark contrast to burn after reading uh, it's amazing how they're only a year apart and how it goes it, it it's funny no country for old men to burn <laughs> after reading to serious man and serious man is just a weird movie i'm not not a bad movie just a weird movie it's a weird guy and his life is essentially falling apart mm-hmm. through a lot of unfortunate <laughs> circumstances. Uh, and regardless of what he does, it just keeps spiraling. Like, that's the only way I could describe the movie. There is not a ton of levity in it. There is a little bit. Um, do you feel for the person? It's really debatable. Uh, maybe some people do. It's... It's a very interesting movie from that standpoint, and not not a crazy cast bill like where it's regular. No. Say they they no. they both went in a different direction. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, let's get these people and like see how that goes. It's like there was like a strike. It's like we're done with Coen Brothers movies. Yeah, yeah, very weird. Would um, you guys recommend? I, it's an interesting watch. It was an Oscar nominee. I think I haven't uh, seen it. Best Picture nominee. It's an interesting watch, but it it is uh it is heavier than than a lot of people would like. Okay. Um. <clears throat> yeah, very interesting movie. I'd say middle of the road for Coen Brothers film. So like, if there's other movies that we touch on that you haven't seen their their watch first but like you know if you're thinking of watching lady killers or serious man i i may say watch serious man over lady killers okay just just throwing it out there but not uh, next is your girlfriend <laughs> next is uh true grit the remake mm. jeff that Bridges, was pretty good. matt damon josh brolin great cast <clears throat> Haley Steinfeld. Uh, Haley Steinfeld, yeah. Breakout role. Really broke yeah. her out to go into pitch perfect. 
three Seinfeld. I forget which one. <laughs> Steinfeld. Lily right. So what was True Grit about? Uh, that was a cowboy movie again, right? Like a western. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's a western. So True Grit is a, about a teenager um, who's trying to track down her father's murder. And she enlists the help of, um, I, I almost said a sheriff, but I think he's a U.S. marshal. Okay. If I remember correctly. I saw this movie on a plane on the way to Mexico and was disappointed that I didn't have something this good to follow it up with. Because <laughs> there were still two more hours. Shit. Uh, <laughs> great film i hadn't i will say haven't seen the original so i cannot say how it compares to the original westerns are a big gap in my movie knowledge Mm -hmm. i don't know why my dad was a big western fan i love my father we're close but i just never got into them so i find uh, with a lot of westerns they're either really really slow or they just yeah, they, they're meandering. They're like the original James Bonds. I know a lot of people defend the early movies, and I'll go back and I will watch them, but if you say anything other than they are fucking plodding and plodding and plodding, like, just so fucking slow, yeah, you're a liar. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's true. Um, What other movies? Have you seen Inside Lewin Davis? I have not. Oscar Isaac, Carrie Mulligan, John Goodman, uh, Justin Timberlake, I think, is in that. Oscar Isaac was fantastic in it, and I'm a big fan of Carrie Mulligan. I think she's underrated as an actress. Do you find Justin Timberlake fun to watch uh, when he's doing his movie roles? Yeah, I like Justin Timberlake. I remember, I think it was Alpha Dog was his first one, his first movie. Justin Timberlake was great in that. Crushes when he's on SNL. Yeah, yeah. I think just hey, we're gonna really save very diverse. Let's save that for when we talk about musicians going to uh, acting roles Absolutely. and vice versa. Uh, Aaron, have you seen True Grit? I have. I wa- also watched this one in theaters with one of my uh, high school best buds. Um, we both left it talking about it and saying. It will be nominated for an Oscar or numerous Oscars at least. I thought Haley Seinfeld was going to win. Um, yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was pretty good. I didn't think it was really good. I've never seen the original. Mm-hmm. For Coen Brothers movies that I've seen, I don't know. It was good, but it, it, like, it's not like I wouldn't be like, "Oh, Coen Brothers, you need to watch this one." You know what I mean? Good cinematography. Um, oh, very and I think good. also, yeah. The one thing is, is that this is this is kind of where like you, you're a big Western, so you you have a history kind of. there where you can compare it to other westerns. Whereas someone like me, as I was saying while you're gone, it's a big knowledge gap for me. So this appeals a little bit more because I have nothing to compare it to. I haven't even seen the original. I wouldn't so I, tote myself as a, a big Western guy. Uh, I would say I'm more. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. Like I am looking at my my uh, my DVD copy of the original Magnificent Seven. Um, 
yeah, I got, you know, I've watched Young Guns, Dance with the Wolves, all that kind of shit. But, um, yeah, there's still, like, a lot of classics. Like, I haven't seen a lot of the Clint Eastwood ones, like Josie Wales and all that kind of stuff. Like, um, I haven't seen Unforgiven, but I've seen... The Good Bit, The Bad, The Ugly? Maybe it was Unforgiven I saw. Unforgiven, that's with Morgan Freeman, correct? Uh, yes. And yes. Gene Hackman? Yeah, I saw that one. Pretty good. I didn't mind it. I don't think it should have won an Oscar. But uh, Good, Bad, and the Ugly, a lot of that kind of stuff. Lonesome Dove, I've seen a little bit of. But, um, Cowboys yeah, like, I, I, def- I, I definitely need to ex- expand my repertoire for Westerns. Um, that sounds great because Westerns. I've heard endlessly good things about Bone Tomahawk, and I've never fucking picked that up and watched it. Yeah, no, like any Clint Eastwood Western, I would say, like, pick it up and check it out. We, we, we'll we have to do a deep dive and, like, and like split the genre where it's old westerns and new westerns or newer like after the 80s because you had like tombstone and silverado silverado was wonderful um kevin klein scott glenn uh kevin costner kevin costner was like on a western fix for fucking 20 years um western yeah man western yeah we gotta wrap this up we do have to wrap this up pardon me um but yeah the true true grit good i haven't seen the original um, I'll have to send you guys this YouTube video where they college humor makes fun of. Um, oh, pardon me. I, I don't know why I'm blanking on names tonight. I'm usually just like fucking trivia. Is it Josh Brolin again? It's not Josh Brolin. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Jeff Bridges. Sounds like you Jeff guys are Bridges, recommending this like as like a Sunday. In, Jeff Bridges, how much he mumbles in this show, but. It was really good. Jeff Bridges did a great job. Matt Damon was okay. He's kind of creepy how he's talking about sneaking a kiss, a kiss. But uh, in the end, pretty fucking cool movie. Sounds like a Sunday for, afternoon. For, for a modern western, for a modern western. Um, Inside Lewin Davis. Haven't seen it. Want to watch it? Looks good. Good movie. Very good movie depressing as fuck it seems like it with oscar isaacs like any movie with oscar isaacs is pretty depressing yeah oscar isaacs depressing i was saying that force uh, it's got john goodman in it so you'll like it and Mm -hmm. uh carrie mulligan's in it and carrie mulligan's fantastic and very underrated yeah uh what is like the synopsis of that movie it's it's a he's a oscar isaac is a musician and it, he lives in like Greenwich, Greenwich Village, and I want to say the late fifties, early sixties, like that time frame. And uh, he's struggling to make it, um, struggling. And when I say struggling to make it, it's like struggling to make rent, kind of struggling to make it. Okay. Uh, and it's just like the movie takes place over like a week or two. It's just following him and his struggle that sounds uh, awesome. it's depressingly good uh yeah without going too much into detail and spoiling things carrie mulligan's in it she's fantastic uh justin timberlake's in it very underrated as an actor i think justin timberlake's pretty <clears throat> solid um yeah Sexy not much talk. more i could say about that other than watch it worth it uh one of the better movies about music Hail Caesar. That's the next one. <laughs> you you didn't like it. Uh, I I love history, 
I love the like idea of a movie ma- about making a movie about history. Um, Fell flat, uh, and about like um about keeping stars in line because they're like we all yeah. hear the stories of how stars are crazy, yeah. but uh, I thought it was a big dud. Like it, it really missed the mark for me in a lot of ways. It it had like a huge cast ensemble as well. Yeah, um, good old good old Ray Fiennes was in it. Really, uh, Scarlett Johansson, Tilda yeah. Swinton, Channing Tatum, Francis McDormand, Jonah Hill, uh, George Clooney, obviously, Josh Brolin. Yeah, what's that guy's name again? Um. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> uh, yeah, that's a massive cast right there. I'm sure I'm missing the, people too. That's the, the, thing. the stapler guy from uh, Office Space. <laughs> uh, I mean, he might also be from there. TV Radio. And Joe, no country Joe for Roman old men. So pumped for us to mention that. TV Radio? News Radio. Shut up. That's what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> One that of Andy Dick's finest works. And same with Joe Rogan. I love that fucking series so much. So sad, fucking. Yeah, again, you know, fucking <laughs> poor old Foley. Crazy, crazy ex-wife. Have either of you seen Hail Dave Caesar? Foley. I remember watching it the first ten minutes, and my ex wanted to stop it. She's like, "I don't like it." I'm like, "All right," and I haven't right. watched it since. Yeah. I wanted to, but <laughs> passed. But I think that it's one that I'll never revisit. Uh, Ballad of Buster Scruggs next one great really liked it there were some it was a good one like joe rogan talked about it a little bit um really really good way of depicting out how depressing uh the you know westerns were like not westerns but like the west was you know because everyone was trying to make their fortune and it was just super fucking depressing pretty interesting cast as well um i forget which like one of the was one of the Dudleys, one of the bullies from uh, Harry Potter. He's one of the main character, not main character. He's also in uh, oh, Queen's Dursley. Gambit. Dursley, Dursley, yeah, with the Dursley brothers. Yeah, one of them is uh, is in it. He's the one that has no like limbs at all. He's doing all the Shakespeare. Harry, he does a, he does a really good job with his lines, and he really captivates you as like a thespian very very well done um what's the premise for the the audience it's a bunch of shorts oh, it's cool. like each six each... tales of life and violence in the old west following a singing gunslinger a bank robber a traveling impresario an elderly prospector a wagon train and a perverse pair of bounty hunters and they're all kind of just related in a sense of like the different perspectives of or angles of uh, a Western might go oh, in cool. history of cinematography. And they're all wonderful. They, they, Liam Neeson's in it. Um, you got James Franco. Like, the list goes on, man. Like, you got Tom Waits. Wow. And all of them end in tragedy and de- depression and sadness, except the one with Tom Waits, which is like, hey, like, at least we got that win. Um, super, super interesting. Uh, Tim, if you haven't watched it, 
recommend it. It's a Netflix original. It's pretty good. Be sure to watch it intentively because, um, you know, there are some like cool little like hidden Easter eggs here and there. There are points where it might be a little slow and boring. I did watch this during quarantine last year um, or lockdown. I should say I I didn't have COVID, but uh, yeah, lockdown. But awesome, 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 awesome. I would say it's better than I would say it's better than True Grit. Okay. Yeah, I uh, I haven't seen it. So I started to watch it with Danielle and she just wasn't into it. And I was like, I'll mm-hmm. watch it on my own at some point. Mm-hmm. And just never got around <laughs> to it. Um, what I will say is this is a good transition because that's the last movie that they've released. They have one coming out Ooh. in September, which is part of why I brought up the Coen brothers. So depending on when this releases, this movie could be out in a week or two. <laughs> September 24th. The Tragedy of Macbeth. Ooh. In, like, modern or, like, Shakespeare time? I have not. I don't want to see the trailer. Because, like, Macbeth's one of my favorite Shakespeare plays. Like, I'm excited. I did a Star Wars rendition on this. What? Plays Macbeth. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, what? Denzel Washington. Uh... Francis McDormand. Jamal, Arizona? (laughs) Brian, that's really cool, but I think we need to focus in on something else that I just kind of heard in the background there. Uh, Chalupa, you did a Star Wars Macbeth? I did did three Star Wars um, in relation to uh, Shakespeare that... um, The Shakespeare plays that we did in high school. So grade 10, we did um, Romeo and Juliet. Grade mm-hmm. 11, we did Macbeth. and grade 12, we did Hamlet. So I did Romeo and Juliet as episode two. Uh, Macbeth is episode one. And then Hamlet is episode three because everyone dies in the end. Okay. Obviously, On episode stage? two is the love story. Mm-hmm. And then Macbeth, people also die, obviously, which is also like episode one. You know, Qui-Gon goes, like, it's very sad. Darth Maul, you know, R.I.P. Um but yeah, like one of my one of my favorite things for like special effects was that I used fishing line around my hand mm-hmm. to like use the force to bring the lightsaber, which was a a mop handle back, and they were purple and green, and I used that to defeat my enemy. Um, but yeah, and like and then it, there's the famous line with Macbeth is like, "I dare do all, I dare to all who may become a man who dares more is none," um, and that was like. Oh, sorry, not, not that line. Pardon me. It's like there's uh, something about like the witches say that you won't die from a clone. Oh, sorry, you won't die from a man. And it's like, I'm not a man. I'm a clone. And it's like, oh, shit. And like, boom. Because in Macbeth, it's like, oh, I was born Caesarian. So that was like the big reveal. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I'm actually a clone from like, you know. <sighs> this is fucking awesome. <laughs> I got really good marks. And my, my teacher was a big Star Wars fan. So I did very well. <laughs> I, I, I give that all to like why I graduated high school. Not like me, you know, doing well in math or English or anything <laughs> like that. It was just making these yeah. random shitty films and writing these screenplays. Scripts. My drama teacher hated me and tried to kick me out because he thought I was some kind of fucking meathead. That's Who has a podcast now, bitch? <laughs> of Tragedy of Macbeth. Brian wrapping it up. Yep. Yeah, I'm excited. Should we go King to a, Duncan? A, should we go played to played by Brandon Gleeson? 
Brendan Gleeson. I like it. I like it. Brendan Gleeson from King, uh, Gangs New York. Incredible. Oh. oh, we will get on that in the Scorsese episode. <laughs> Maybe one of the most snubbed films of all time, if not the Scorsese. most. Scorsese! Um, Harry Melling, a Dursley boy, is Malcolm yep. in it. Very interesting. interesting. Very interesting indeed. cast. Uh, black and white movie, looks like at least from the picture. Okay, racist. Denzel Washington all of a sudden is black and white. All right. Nice, Brian. Nice. I'm just saying the obvious. It's not racist if it's true. <laughs> God. This uh, this sounds like an amazing is movie. It gonna be like, is it going to be like Denzel Washington from Training Day? I hope so. <laughs> King Kong. <laughs> you gotta smoke oh. this crack in front of me. I didn't know you're cool. The ghost of my father ain't got nothing on um, me. Wrapping notes about the Coen brothers. Wrapping notes. Uh, some more interesting facts. They have had final cut on every movie since Blood Simple that they've done. Holy shit. Final cut uh, is not something most directors do. Do not get it. The studio always has final cut. So it's extremely rare. And that's on every movie, not just on like a select couple of movies, every movie. That's crazy. Um, What a career too. They've been around since like late eighties producing stuff. So they would have had what? 40 years of movies that they put out. Like that is a significant lifespan in Hollywood and to continue to put out quality movies is also very impressive. They're not just farting shit out. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, the other, the other interesting thing that I just figured out looking at the IMDb page for tragedy and Macbeth, it's just Joel Cohen. Oh. It's the Ooh. first thing that they've split that Ethan Cohen's not a part of. No shit. I wonder if he'll come in on the edit. Maybe. Maybe. We'll have to see. Yeah, I'm excited. No, no. We'll have to we'll have to determine if this is one that we all go to the you know, go to the theater all together somewhere in Pickering or Ajax <laughs> somewhere in the middle. And then uh <laughs> And then we can do a podcast right after and review it. Or maybe we'll save that for like a, a movie that we're all really gung-ho about. Yeah, that's definitely Sounds something good. to talk about. Because, like, to be honest, I think Tim's in the same pool as me. I, I need a, a good movie to go to the cinema. Like, Tara was like, oh, maybe we should go see Suicide Squad in the theater. I'm like, eh, <laughs> I could pass. I would like to go to the movies more often. I just don't have any friends that are interested. So, like, wandering in by myself has been a a holdback. But this sounds Go to the barbecue house in Pickering that we went to. Yeah. And then then go see a movie and just, like, digest. (laughs) Who's in for Dune? And not fall asleep. Dune's coming up. Dune. Mwahadib. My name is a killing word. Well, boys. I, need to, I, need to, I need to watch that old movie. I haven't seen it. My my uncle was crazy about Dune, like the whole novel series and everything. I'm like, uh, I don't know. It's, it is hard to get through. I, I'm not going to force anyone that hasn't gotten the love for it to go through there. 
But as Brian points out, it is time for us to say goodbye. If you want to drop any kind of where people can find you, anything like that, go for it now. Chalupa, do you want to go first? They know it. If they've listened to anything else before, they know it. <laughs> Brian? I don't want to bore anybody. <laughs> exact same thing. I'm a pretty boring guy. You can find me here every episode. It's a passion. Bam! We love Boom! movies. If you love Bam! movies... And you want to talk, if you want to listen to movies, this is where you get your uh, your average guy movie talk. You know, we're, we're kind of nerds. From a Canadian perspective. Yeah. We're, we're kind of film nerds, but at the same time, we're not perfect. And that's no. what makes this brilliant. That's why I Nobody's like it so nerfing. much. I've, I've seen way too many where people people delve down the rabbit hole of every little intricacy of a film. And uh, it almost kills it. So yeah, yeah, ruins it. It's like you don't need to know every little thing. You're just ruining the the magic of the movie. Yeah, uh, exactly. With that, I'm gonna say that you can find us at Beard and Board at uh, Gmail dot com, and you know you can leave us a rating and a review on iTunes. Take the time, reach out, let us know if you're liking what we're doing, and that'll encourage us to keep expanding, keep doing this, try other projects, hopefully maybe find a YouTube channel if if that's something that's, you know, there's an interest there for, or Twitch, and, you know, continue to grow, and fuck, I, I barely know you boys, but I'm having a hell of a good time getting to know you through these movies. It has been a ton of fun. Biggest thing I can say is reach out. Like, like, like Tim said, man, like, just like, let us know what you want to hear, what you want us to review, watch, whatever, like, give us points. If you, if you know something better than we do, give us your review of the Coen brothers or Christopher Nolan. Like, let's go. Let's hear it. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. And tell us what you want to hear. That's the biggest thing. Give us a suggestion. If you, if you have something that you want us to talk about, something that we haven't watched, something just hit us up. We all like to talk a lot. <laughs> talk Absolutely. to us. We talk do. to us. So we talk. We don't talk as much on our podcast like we just did tonight. <sighs> Perfect. Sorry, boys. Sorry. Bye. About